Hey, thanks for checking out this week's message. We hope you're blessed by the Word of God. For more information on River of Life, you can check out our website, rolmt.com, or download our app. Just search R-O-L-M-T in your app store. Thanks. Well, good evening, River of Life. I'm so glad you're at church this weekend, and we are really excited about all the things that God is doing out here at River and in our extended campuses. It's just exciting to hear what's happening in Wyoming and Malawi, and I just want to continue to ask you to, to be in prayer for all of the different campuses because God is moving And one of the big things that, like I mentioned last week, we need to continue to pray for is property for those particular campuses. Uh, They are outgrowing their spaces, and we don't want property to be the thing that stops growth. Amen? Amen. Amen. So we're we're excited about that. Continue to pray. The campus today was buzzing with uh, people coming in for the clothing closet, food bank. I, at one point, was sitting in my office, and we have a camera feed so we can see if people are in the parking lot and all that. The parking lot was as full as though it was a Sunday morning church service uh, with people just coming and receiving hope as uh, they hand out food to those in need in our community. So would you just give those a round of applause who help in those ministries? I absolutely know they don't do it for the applause, but I also know they deserve the applause. Amen? Amen. Well, tonight we're gonna we're gonna I'm gonna lead you in a message that's just a one-off. We're not gonna start a new series tonight. We ended Armor Up last week, and then uh, next weekend is Baptism Weekend. So if you've not been baptized in water, I would encourage you to stop by the Welcome Center or jump on the app and sign up to do so. It's an important part of our faith journey. It is that moment where we make a declaration where we say, "Hey, I am a believer in Jesus Christ. I want." everyone to know that I'm a follower, and it's, it is an impactful time in your faith journey. So I want to encourage you to do that. If you have not yet uh, done that, make sure that you sign up, and we're excited to see what that looks like next weekend. If you've not been here for a baptism weekend, you need to get here. It is a powerful, powerful time where we just worship God together. Amen? Amen. Amen. Well, today I want to take just a moment and I want to share with you a message that I've entitled Scary Stories. John chapter 10, verse 10 says this, the thief comes to steal, kill, and destroy, but I have come that you may have life and you may have it to the full. Let's pray. God, in the next few moments, as we look at your word, I pray, Father, that you'll illuminate it for us, that you will show us what we need to see. God, I'm so grateful because you have come to bring us fullness of life. God, you see us, you love us, and Lord, I know that there are those who even sit in this room or within the sound of my voice right now that feel unseen today. They feel as though life is passing them by, as though it's too hard and and that no one cares, but God, we know from your word that you care and that, Lord Jesus, you see us and that you want to do great things in us. So Father, I pray that I'll get out of the way and that, Lord, you will be front and center and that your word will penetrate even the hardest of hearts. We give you all the praise in Jesus' name, amen. So I want you to hear that today because life is meant to be full and that can mean a lot of things. It doesn't mean that there won't be ups and downs. I mean, even though that verse doesn't say that life will be just a a rocket ship going up and you'll never have any lows in your life. There's a lot of times that we we get to a place in our life where things are are in a down moment and maybe we begin to question God. Now, those of you who've been at River for any amount of time, you know that I love roller coasters. 
I absolutely love going on roller coasters. There's never been a theme park that I've been to that, I, that there was a roller coaster that I said no to. I will go on any roller coaster that there is. I absolutely find them to be so much fun. But I was thinking about that this week and I was thinking about the roller coaster experience. It's a crazy experience because what you get is you'll get people that will stand in a line for hours to get scared. Right? Like, I mean, if you think about that, if you think about it logically, it doesn't make a ton of sense. Like, I'm going to wait in line, I'm going to pay a lot of money, and then I'm going to wait in a long line so that I can get onto this ride and I can have, you know, hopefully be scared half to death. Right? Like, that does, it's not logical. Like, if aliens were watching us from a different planet, they'd be like, what is wrong with these people? Like, that, that doesn't make a ton of sense. But as I was thinking about that, a roller coaster is a lot like life in that when you are in that line, you are hoping that this thing is gonna be good. You are, have an expectation that this is gonna be great. And then, as you're doing that, you, you realize that you have to have faith. What do you have to have faith in? You have to have faith that the park has maintained the roller coaster. That the people who build it, built it knew what they were doing, right? There's faith that's involved in that. And then there has to be some level of obedience if you're going to go on a roller coaster, right? You can't just get on the roller coaster and they say, hey, yeah, bring that thing down over you. And you go, nah, I don't really feel like it, right? <laughs> or, or when they have the signs, keep your hands and arms inside the vehicle at all times. If you're like waving and standing up, guess what? You're going to get hurt, yep. right? So... As I was thinking about what we're going to talk about today, the story that we're going to get to in, in just a moment, I want you to understand the importance of when God says there's fullness of life for you, there are still things that we need to know. We need to go into life with hope, but we also need to go into it with, with faith in the one who builds this life for us, and we also need to go into it with some understanding that there are guidelines that he wants us to adhere to. If you do all of those things, you're going to have a great experience, provided you don't get motion sickness, right? Um, but I want to look at this story for just a moment. But before we do that, I want you to understand that when we look at our lives, what we need to realize, I think a lot of times we come to a place where we think of ourselves as the main character in the story. And that's where we get into trouble, we mistake the fullness of life without, with there being no adversity. And if our story or our testimony is a tool for others, then we need to realize that there's no movie that you would go to that you would sit down and watch a movie and all of a sudden it's like everything just works out perfectly for the main character throughout the whole two hours, right? That'd be a very boring story. If it was just like, hey, this guy just went about his normal day and there was nothing that came against him. There was no problems. There was no adversity. Everything seemed to work out for him just fine. How many of you know you would never go see that movie again? In order to have a good story, there's gotta be some adversity that comes against the main character. But at the end, we always wanna see that main character win. Yeah. There's been very few movies that I've ever gone to in my life, and I can name a couple of them that I have, where the main character has all this adversity and at the end, he still loses. And guess what? I've never seen that movie again. I've got no interest in that. So as we look at this, what we need to realize is that we are not the main character in our story. God needs to be the star of your story. You are a support, supporting role. We treat him often like he's an extra. But can I tell you, he is the star. He's the producer. He's the script writer. He's the studio owner. And he's the budget generator. 
We're not in the audience, however. We have a part to play and we need to be involved in it. And sometimes the plot has pain. Sometimes it has suspense. Sometimes it has more drama than we would like. But some of you, and some of you sit here today and you're like, when's he gonna cast me in a romantic comedy? But I want you to hear something from me today because God doesn't cause horrible stuff to happen in your life or in this world. James chapter 1 verse 17 says, every good and perfect gift is from above coming down from the Father of, the heavenly, of heavenly lights who does not change like shifting shadows. So bad comes as a result in our lives of sin and disobedience, of someone going off script. Okay? It may be you or it may be someone else in your life that's going off script and it causes you pain and it causes you problems. The script is perfect, but when somebody goes off script, then all of a sudden it introduces something. Can you imagine if you decided, hey, I'm going to go to New York City and I'm going to go to a play on Broadway. I've heard great things about this particular musical and I'm so excited to go. And you go and you get there and you sit down with your program and you know all the people who are in it and you're excited to see it. And all of a sudden they make the announcement, uh, taking the part of the main part in the, in the play due to sickness is someone that you've never heard of before. And the person comes out and they haven't really read the script. They don't really fully know all their lines. How many of you know the play is going to look a lot different than it would have had, had the person stuck to the script? So for many of us, what I need you to hear when I'm talking about that is this. I think that for many of us, we, we often will judge the, the, the creator because bad things are happening in our lives. But yet what we've done is we've allowed people to be main characters in our play that aren't sticking to the script. Now, don't get me wrong. We need to have people in our lives that aren't believers because God is calling us to reach them and to bring hope to them. But for many of you, uh, many of you you've given people a lot more important role in the play than you need to. And a lot of you, what it's done is it's, br it's brought chaos into your life. It's brought, it's brought destruction into where you're going. But what we need to understand is adversity can come into your life and we can either choose to let adversity destroy us or keep us from who we're supposed to be or we can understand that through that adversity, I can grow. I heard it said one time that adversity has the effect of eliciting talents which in prosperous circumstances have been laid dormant. So in other words, oftentimes in our adversity, things grow in us and we're able to become something even stronger than we were before. I want us to look at a specific story that we find in Numbers chapter 13. Moses has sent some scouts out to check out the land and God has promised the children of Israel that he's got something great for them and, and this is the land that he has for them and so it's this promise that they've been clinging to and so, so as we read this story, I want you to remember that as, as Moses has sent the scouts, there's a promise behind it. God said, I promise you this. You can go look at it, but I'm telling you, I, I'm, I'm giving this to you. So in Numbers chapter 13, verse 26, it says this, they presented themselves before Moses. The scouts have come back before Moses and Aaron and the whole congregation of people of Israel in the wilderness of Paran at Kadesh. They reported to the whole congregation and showed them the fruit of the land. Then they told the story of their trip. We went to the land which you sent us 
And oh, it does flow with milk and honey. Just look at this fruit. The only thing is the people who live there are fierce. Their cities are huge and well fortified. Worse yet, we saw descendants of the giant Anak and Amalekites are spread out to Negev. Hittites, Jebusites, and Amorites hold the hill country, and the Canaanites are established on the Mediterranean Sea and along the Jordan. Caleb interrupted, called for silence before Moses, and said, let's go up and take the land now. We can do it. But the others said, we can't attack those people. They're way stronger than we are. They spread scary rumors among the people of Israel. They said, we scouted out the land from one end to the other. It's a land that swallows people whole. Everybody was so, we saw was huge. Why we even saw the Nephilim giants alongside, we felt like, alongside them, we felt like grasshoppers and they looked down on us as if we were grasshoppers. So as we look at this story, there is something in us that likes a scary story, right? You'll see that where people will sit around a campfire and tell ghost stories. You'll see it like right now going on in, in the Bitterroot, there's the field of screams where people go and they pay money. Again, we're, we're crazy. We pay money to like, hey, scare the crud out of me. It'll be amazing. Here's my money, right? Like we do, we, there's something that's, that's innate in us that we, we want to be scared. And I remember when I was young, I would, I would watch movies that I shouldn't have probably watched, scary movies. And when you're, whenever you watch a movie like that and then you find yourself out, your senses are, are like awake and alive and you, know, you, go, you come out of the movie theater and it's like there's a murderer behind every car and you're freaking out, right? There's something in us that likes that. But as we look at this, these guys come back from their scouting mission with this scary story. Some of the saddest scenes are the ones we will never see because we lack the faith faith to see them through. There's a lot of things in your life and in my life where I've allowed myself to believe a scary story. I've allowed myself to be afraid of moving forward in my faith. I've allowed myself to stop short of a blessing that God has for me. Here the children of Israel are on the outskirts of the promise. They're standing just on the other side of God's promise. And as they stand there, they send these scouts to say, go and look and see if it's possible. Can we go in there and how hard will it be? And I believe that Moses sent them not to say, can we? He sent them to say, how should we? So these guys come back and they don't come back with a report of, hey, if we start on this side and we move from this area to this area, I think we can do it. They don't come back with any of that. They say, it's beautiful. It's all that God said it would be. It's got amazing things in there, except, but, right? There's a lot of times our butt gets in the way, right? Like I've, I've preached the whole message, how big is your butt, Right? Your butt gets in the way of the blessing. God is calling. He said, I got a promise for you. It's, it's just over here. So go and take the land. And these guys come back and they say, no, there's too many obstacles to overcome. But here's the thing. The problem is the guys who came back with the scary story had made themselves the main character in the story. And now we see that there are these men, these men of faith, these men who understand who the main character actually is. 
Why do we cower at adversity? Is, is our God not big enough? Is his plan not good enough? We cower when we think that we're the main character. Caleb says, I think we should go and take it. I think we got this. Why? Because he says, I know the script. God told us we could. I enjoy a good superhero movie. And one of the things that I find enjoyable is that they always are in a place where there's a lot of adversity. And sometimes it seems like there's no way that our main character is ever going to be able to overcome the, the villain that's in the story. But deep in our heart, we always know that the good guy wins, right? So we can sit through the adversity knowing, I don't know how he's going to do it, but I know he's going to do it, right? Like, there's been very few superhero movies. There's one where Superman dies, which was a horrible movie. Um, <laughs> Seth, don't argue with me. Um, <laughs> but most of them, it doesn't matter how hairy it gets, how hard it gets, how, how bad it seems. We all know back in the back of our mind, we're like, this movie is called Spider-Man, which means at the end, there will still be a Spider-Man, yeah. right? And he's gonna win, Right, So we can, we can sit through all the adversity because we know how it ends, kind of going back to a little bit what we talked about last week. But many times in our life, when we think we're the main character, we oftentimes will cower from things that are hard because we don't know how we could do it. Look at the script change. When God isn't our script writer, it's an, when he is our, our script writer, it's an epic blockbuster but when he isn't our scriptwriter, it's a straight-to-DVD movie, right? And we need to understand that when these guys went and scouted out the land, it could, they, they came back with a bad report. They came back with a scary story. Satan uses all of these fears to rob them, just like he uses your fears to rob you. He knows that if you step into God's will, you're going to find joy. You're going to find peace. You're going to find strength. You're going to find the power to overcome whatever that adversity is. But when we step back and we begin to believe the scary story, all of a sudden we rob ourselves of the promise that God has for us. Satan knows that obeying God will always bring you joy. So he makes you afraid of what other people will think of you. If you do the right thing, he makes you worry about your popularity of what that will look like if you, if you live your life trying to please God. Satan also knows that one of the greatest sources of joy in your life is when you share the love of Christ with an unbeliever. So he makes you afraid to tell other people about Jesus. Oftentimes, we will find ourselves questioning the script, just like these guys did. They went in, Moses said, listen, God's promised this to us. I need you to, guys to go in and just check it out. He actually didn't even say, hey, go in and give me your opinion about whether we should do it or not. He said, just go in. And they come back and Moses gathers everybody and he's like, hey, I want you to tell them about how amazing the land is, how great the promise of God is. It's going to be great. And then these guys, they take the floor. And instead of talking about that, they spend two sentences saying how great it is. And then they spend the rest of their little speech talking about how hard it's going to be and how we shouldn't go forward. Right. Many of you have allowed people in your life who aren't sticking to the script. 
And they're constantly telling you the things that are wrong inside of your life. They're constantly reminding you, as amazing as Pastor Seth was leading worship today, because as he was talking about that the blood speaks a better story, that goes right along with what we're talking about. What are we listening to? Who are we listening to? Because the world, world will absolutely tell you a scary story. But the blood speaks a story of triumph over you. The blood speaks a story of life over you. The blood speaks, speaks things into your life that says you have a promise that's waiting for you. And are there things that are in the way of your promise sometimes? Absolutely there are. But is your God bigger than the things that are in the way? I look at this story and what I find amazing is these guys tell it and obviously they're exaggerated. They're probably fishermen, I'm guessing. Um, or maybe they're hunters. Um, but they tell a story and as they tell the story, they say, oh, there's giants there and, and there, were some, there were some guys that are bigger, but they weren't like so big that it was, they were like grasshoppers, okay? That wasn't that big of a difference. They're just some guys that, you know, as we read scripture, we see that there were, there were men and women that were bigger and, and there was that. But even that, they're like, and they look down on us and it's so scary to look at. But if you're the main character, yeah, that's overwhelming because I'm looking up at these guys. But, but Joshua, he's like, he's like, yeah, they were big, but I'm looking past them and I'm looking at the main character and he's way bigger than that. Some of you got some giants in your life right now. Some of you got some things that seem big and overwhelming and that you're not going to know how to overcome them. And I understand that. But the problem is if you make you the main character, then this is going to be really hard. But if you look beyond and you go, actually, the main character is way up there and he's way bigger. Now, all of a sudden, life is tolerable. Life is doable. Victory is within reach. Fear creeps into this community as these men begin to speak. And they begin to howl and they begin to call for new leadership because of fear. Numbers chapter 14, verse 6 says this, Joshua and Caleb, members of the scouting party, ripped their clothes and addressed the assembled people of Israel. The land we walked through and scouted out is a very good land, very good indeed. If God is pleased with us, he will lead us into that land, a land that flows, as they say, with milk and honey, and he'll give it to us. Just don't rebel against God and don't be afraid of those people. Why? We'll have them for lunch. They have no protection and God is on our side. Don't be afraid of them. But up in arms, now the entire community was, was talking and hurling stones at them. Talking of hurling stones at them. Um, so it's amazing how quickly fear can spread. Faith takes time. Fear spreads fast. And again, here we have this, this community. I, I do believe that Moses gathered them together to, to get them excited that, hey, we're on the verge. We've been, we've been marching forever. Now we're here and, and we, can, we can go in and these guys spread fear and they stop them. 
They stopped them just short of the promise. And as the story continues, then God shines his glory down and basically says, enough is enough. After all I have done, God gets pretty upset. He threatens to wipe them all out. Um, how many of you don't want to be in that position, right? Um, then we, we get to verse 17 in chapter 14. It says this. Now please let the power of the master expand, enlarge itself greatly along the lines you have laid out earlier when you said, God, slow to get angry and huge in loyal love, forgiving iniquity and rebellion and sin, still never just whitewashing sin, but extending the fallout of parents' sins to children into the third, even fourth generation. Please forgive the wrongdoing of this people out of the extravagance of your loyal love, just as all along from the time they left Egypt, you have been forgiving this people. And God said, I forgive them honoring your words. But as I live and as the glory of God fills the whole earth, not a single person of those who saw my glory saw the miracles, signs I did in Egypt and the, and the wilderness and who have tested me over and over and over again, turning a deaf ear to me, not one of them will set their eyes on the land I solemnly promised to, the, to their ancestors. No one who has treated me with such repeated contempt will see it. So Moses goes to God and says, please don't wipe them out. Please have grace. Please have mercy. God says, okay, I'll spare them, but here's the deal. Not one of them who've, who've walked with me, who has seen all the things that I've already done, that you could be in, a, in an assembly of people and be afraid when I've promised, not one of you is gonna see that promise. Many of us continue to listen to the wrong voices and we miss the promises that God has for you. I wonder what it would look like if God's church would actually believe his word. If those of us who are called by his name wouldn't let the world send fear down our spine, but instead we would walk in faith even when life gets hard. How many promises are we missing out on? How many things are we not seeing because we have chosen to listen to fear instead of faith? I, I find this story really interesting because if you want to make God mad, stop believing he will do what he said he would do. God is angry in this story. And he's angry because he said, I have promised, believe me. And if you don't, I'll take away that promise from you. That's pretty harsh. But it's pretty important for us to understand. What I want you to hear today is we as believers have got to come to a place where no matter what things look like, we know that what he said outweighs what it looks like. You can overcome anything in your life, but it is all over when you stop believing that God is who he says that he is. So Moses convinces him not to kill them all. Uh, he did kill the faithless leaders who wouldn't believe what God, that God could handle it. And then as we look at this, what we need to understand is that these guys came back and I don't know why they told the scary story that they did. I don't know if they were content being just outside of God's promise. Maybe they liked the place that they had landed. They felt like this is good enough. And I, as I was thinking about that today, I was rereading through my notes and I thought, I wonder how many of us in the church are satisfied with just good enough. 
and we're just on the other side of his promise. We're just standing on the other side. It's time for us to, to want more, to need more, to expect more. Some of you have believed a scary story in your life. What promises aren't happening because you believe you're the main character and what's in front of you you don't think you can handle? With that, who's speaking into your life? We should become more afraid of not trying to do the impossible than we ever are of failing when we attempt the impossible. Let me say that again. We should become more afraid of not trying to do the impossible than we ever are at failing when we attempt the impossible. If all of a sudden our mind would shift and we would change the way we think about things and say, I'm more afraid of missing an opportunity than I am at failing at moving forward. If all of a sudden these scouts had come back and they had said, yeah, these guys are huge, it's gonna be crazy, but we've seen God move before and we believe that he'll do it again. And so we're, we don't know what this looks like. Moses, we gotta pray, we gotta ask God for a plan because God gives us some crazy plans when we ask him, but I'm believing that we're gonna go in there because I don't wanna get stuck here. Many believers are stuck here because you're afraid of what if I fail if I move forward. Those scouts all saw the same thing. Some chose to look through God's eyes and some chose to look through their own eyes. Today, I wanna challenge you because I believe with all my heart, I was sitting there as we were worshiping and I was, we were singing these songs and as we were singing these songs, I couldn't help but think, I wrote down in my notes real quick, I said, worship is the soundtrack to the movie that we're in. Why? Because you don't write a soundtrack about a supporting role. The soundtrack is always about the main character, right? So as we look at the soundtrack, as we spend time in worship, that's why worship is so important when we gather together. Because many of you come into this place today and you've got struggles and you've got pain and you've got things that feel overwhelming. You're looking at giants and you feel like a grasshopper and you're trying to figure out how am I gonna get through this week? How am I gonna make it to the next day even? And can I tell you that today when we worship, what we're doing is we're taking the focus off of me and I'm putting the focus on him. Because now as I look up, I'm looking beyond the giant that's there and I'm looking to the one who's actually the main character in my story. Hallelujah. With that being said, in just a moment, I'm in the worship team. You guys can come and start getting ready because I want us to end today with some worship. But I also know that there are some of you that find yourself in this room today and you have put yourself into a position where you've begun to believe a scary story. You've begun to believe things that are not true. Some of you just need to hear today that if you've accepted Christ into your life, you are a child of the Most High King. And if you are, that makes you a prince or a princess. I just had a conversation with somebody just yesterday and I reminded her of that fact. I said, listen, you are a princess. You are a child of the Most High King. You are not a stepchild. You are not, you are not some, some servant's kid. You actually belong to the King. And so as that, you need to realize that God sees you and he loves you. And even though you feel like, I don't know how I can step into his promise, there's too many obstacles that are in my way. 
Tonight, my hope for you and my prayer for you is to come to a place where you go, God, you are the main character in my story. It's amazing to me because I watch people who will walk through life and their heads held down and they're struggling and, the, and you ask them how they're doing and oh, I'm not doing so great today and life's hard and that's fine. We all have days like that. But can I tell you, if you're going to walk like that, what you're saying is, God, I don't think these promises are for me. You're taking responsibility and you're saying, I'm going to be the main character. And can I tell you, if I'm the main character in my story, it's a pretty bad story. It's not very good. The only way that this bald guy gets to have any kind of a good story is when he's the main character. And there are times I go off script for sure. There are times when I feel like I maybe need to offer him a rewrite. That doesn't ever work. His story's way better for you than yours. So today, maybe you're here or you're watching in Star Valley or you're watching in Malawi or you're just home watching online. And maybe you find yourself today going, I don't really even know how to do that. And it starts with this. It starts with saying, God, help me to see things through your eyes. Help me to put my hope and my trust and my faith in you. Help me to get into the word and, and understand what you see when you see me. Lord, help me to surround myself with a supporting cast that will help me to stay on script. Lord, when a scary story comes, help me to realize that you're the main character. And there isn't anybody that can defeat you. There isn't any problem bigger than you. You know, sometimes we'll, we'll say, yeah, that, I believe that. Oh, Jason, I totally believe that. But what you don't understand is that this. Oh, what you don't understand is, is I've got this thing that's going on and, and I, I got to handle this over here. But for everything else, I told, no, he's bigger than any of it. He's able, but you got to trust him. Can you imagine if, if, God, if all of a sudden you were like, you're gonna, we're going to put on a play. Hey, by the way, we're going to have an amazing, amazing kids play for Christmas this year. They've been working on it, and it is going to be like Missoula Children's Theater style stuff. I'm just telling you right now, it's going to be good. But could you imagine if we were putting on a big drama up here, a big play, and all of a sudden I just grabbed somebody out of the audience, and I was like, hey, come on up here. I know you never read the script or anything, but come on up here and just play a main part. We would have no idea where that thing's going, right? Like they could take it anywhere they wanted to go. And that sounds stupid. We would never do that. If we put a bunch of work and we were like, hey, we really believe, we think this is a great play we're putting on. We would never do that. But so many of you in your life, you've allowed people to come into your story and you've given them a, a, a big role and they don't even know the script. We gotta, we've got to. We've got to. We've got to believe. We've got to know that he is the main character. You've got to be the supporting role. You've got to know the script. You've got to participate. But at the end of the day, if he's the main character, your problems aren't too big. Your situation isn't something that you can't get through. 
It's amazing because, you know, when God made this promise, he didn't have to have those giants in the land. He didn't have to have fortified things. He could have just knocked them all out. He could have went, hey, I promised you this. They're gone. But there's something about having to have faith. There's something about having some adversity that I have to go, I can't do that, but he can. And some of you, the problems that you got in front of you, they're not there to stop you. They're there to bolster your faith. So you can trust him more. I'm going to ask you to close your eyes with me for the next few moments. I believe that there are many of you that are in this house today. That you find yourself here today and you know that you've got something in your life that seems overwhelming. It seems big. It seems too much. And today, before you leave this room, I just want to challenge you. We're going to have some prayer teams down here. They're more than happy to pray with you if you need prayer specifically. But otherwise, I want to just challenge you to come. And even if your prayer is as simple as, God, you're the main character. Maybe you need to say that over and over again so that you can get it into your head. Whatever the thing is that you're struggling with, whatever the problem is that seems too big, I want you to come and I don't want you to spend a bunch of time just rehashing what the problem is because God already knows it and you already know it. We can sit down here and look into the giant's face and probably get more scared. Or we can look beyond the giant and look at how big our God is. So maybe you need to come to the altar and you need to remind yourself of the victories that God has already won. But whatever that looks like for you today, I just want to challenge you because I think there's a lot more believers walking around with their head hung low saying, I don't know how I'm going to make it. And God is saying, will you believe me? Will you trust me? Will you take my promises to be truth? Because they are. So I want to pray over you right now. God, I thank you so much for every person within the sound of my voice. And God, I pray, Lord, that we will, when we hear a scary story, we'll be reminded that, God, there's nothing too big for you. God, I pray for those who right now who are faced with the potential diagnosis that seems scary. God, I pray for those who, God, are walking through relationship issues that seem overwhelming and too big. God, I pray for those right now whose children have walked away and they feel like there's no hope. God, I pray for those who are in financial desperation right now. That God, as they look at the story that's been told over them. And Father, they feel overwhelmed and they feel as though there's no hope. God, I pray for each and every one of them that, Lord, they'll look past the problem and look to the problem solver. That, God, they'll understand that you are the writer of the script. You are the producer of this life. And as they put their hope and their trust in you, God, I pray that their strength would rise up, that, God, fear would dissipate that they would be who you're asking them to be. Father, we give you all the praise today. In Jesus' name, amen. Will you worship with us? The altars are open if you want to come and spend some time in prayer. Hey, thanks for listening. River of Life is a ministry in East Missoula, Montana. We exist for one purpose, to make Jesus famous by showing his love to the lost, broken, and hurting. For more information, you can check us out online at rolmt.com. 
If you've made a decision to follow Jesus today, we'd love to talk to you about what comes next. Shoot us an email at nextstep at rolnt.com. Thanks.